Welcome to the Four Friends and Family Podcast. I'm Gavin. Um, again, if you don't know who I am, that's a bad thing because this is for friends and family. I'm just obviously I'm just kidding. I'm trying to make the same dumb dad joke every day. Today we're talking Canada. We're going to Toronto. And Mary Ellen Anderson, who's a friend of mine for like 20 years, is on the line from Toronto. Welcome, Mary Ellen. Hey, Gavin. <laughs> We all sound so formal. Hey, what's going on? Um, I should tell you a little bit about Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, uh, Mary Ellen is a former VP at Microsoft. She now coaches founders and employees at startups uh, and nonprofits in Canada. Um, and she is going to what? What's going on in Canada? Like, where? First of all, where do you live, and what, what's it like where you are? Well, I live in the uh, east end of Toronto in an area called the Danforth or Greektown. Mm -hmm. And um, it's an interesting part of town, very family oriented, has a real mix of homes. Some are these massive mansions and then you've got smaller semi-detached places like mine. And then you've got some public housing thrown in nice. um, a real community. I live in an area called the Pocket, uh, which you know has these parties, believe it or not, in the field behind our place. And so real community area. And a real kind of mix of uh, different folks from all around the world. Now, know, is... your partner Nancy is all is works at like a at, at, at the big broadcaster, right? She's in news. Yeah, she's working at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. In fact, you might be able to hear in the background her office is down in the dining room, and I'm up on the second floor this week, and we have a bit of an open concept home. So. Although we don't uh, hear what each other are talking about, we're very much both working pretty much all day. Yeah, I heard. A, and how's what, you know, she's obviously not going to work. How are they running the news remotely? Like they, everything is being done. It must be a massive undertaking to move like giant news organizations, which she works for off from being in person. Yeah, they actually started working last Monday, um, so almost 10 days ago, shifting everyone to work from home, which from a technology standpoint is a massive, massive undertaking, um, and getting as many people out of the building as possible. In fact, Adrian Arsenault, who's the host of The National, started broadcasting from her back deck. Adrian just lives about a block and a half away from our place, and it was hysterical to see it because I went, that's Adrian's back deck, you know? <laughs> and... Uh, and, and I think it was a great move on their part to do that because they're really trying to drive home the, the message of social distancing. You just cannot go outside right now. And it was such an amazing to see Adrian just say, hey, here I am on my back deck. I'm staying away from Andrew Yang, you know, my co-host, and really trying to drive home that message. And what's it like in the neighborhood? Like what has changed in the last, you know, little while? Well, in the last few days, what's really changed is I notice a lot less people outside. Unfortunately, I don't think the message really got across as quickly as it should have. And as you've heard me tell you when we've been just chatting a couple of times, there were still people playing basketball in the park together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I found I was kind of feeling like one of those, you know, older folks. I wanted to go over and just, you know, throttle them and say, get inside, you idiots. And now I don't <laughs> see that. And so... So I, I'm really, I'm really hopeful that the message has gotten through. The only person I saw playing basketball was a father with his, um, you know, little girl, and it was so cute to see. Um, oh, oh so that's, that's okay. okay. <laughs> you know, staying inside families, that's okay. But you know, play dates with kids, what are you thinking? Yeah. You know? 
So how is Canada taking all this? Because no one really cares about Canada. We never hear, I mean, I'm in Los Angeles and Venice, so we never hear of what's really going on in Canada unless I listen to CBC on, you know, the Alexa or whatever, and I get a little bit of an update. But, you know, how how is Canada taking all this? Canada's about, um, I would say, two to three weeks behind Europe, and it might even be less than that. Mm-hmm. Um it's starting to get really scary here. We have, as of today, um, 3,890 cases. Um, in Quebec has the most with uh, about 1,600. Ontario is reporting 858 and BC 659. But that's not the updated numbers for BC today. Yeah. And what's really scary is that in Ontario alone, there's a backlog of 10,000 um, wow. tests that haven't been reported on yet. And I think that one of the biggest problems for us was the number of people that were returning from other countries and bringing the virus back with them. That's how it started here. And the really scary thing has just happened in the last few days is, you know, the term snowbirds, people that go down to the U.S. to the warmer climates for the winter. They're just coming back and they're almost all infected. Oh, really? yeah, well, because I, I should probably point out, just sort of interrupt. Today is Thursday, March twenty sixth. It's about eleven oh nine a.m. PST, so that's here in Los Angeles. Um, and I didn't realize that the snowbirds, you know, the older folks that go down, they're coming back infected because they're the ones well, that were mo- we thought were most at risk. Yeah, and I want to be careful when I said almost all. I just mean. If, if you're coming through airports, you're coming through a Petri dish, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really hard. And it's lasting for 17 oh. days. Like they're finding on these cruise ships that now it's like 17 days later, they're testing and they're finding that the virus is still there, even though the no one's been on the cruise ship for 17 days. I mean, I think, you know, if you think back 17 days, what you were doing 17 days, you've probably been exposed to the virus. Exactly. And that's the and, you know, the other thing is that because a lot of people were in Florida, where the state was not taking this seriously was they were still partying as of just a few days ago. They were yeah. gathering in large numbers. And so that's what I mean by, you know, one of the, the leaders in public health here in Canada was saying, just assume everybody has it. Yeah. You know, but we're going to need to, we're going to need to get it right. We've got to build up those antibodies. But with the, the, I think the issue and I keep saying in all the podcasts is that I think the thing that people don't understand, we're all going to have to get it at some point. Otherwise, you're always going to be at risk. What we're trying to do is avoiding everybody getting it at the same time because we just don't have enough ventilators because this this is a lung disease and it just basically shuts it down. And, and here in Los Angeles, we're we, you know, we're starting to have, you know, I think a, a three year old died. Um, I mean, we've had some, you know, it's 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 it, people thought it was just for older folks but i think that it's it, it's clearly not and um and i i think that it's sort of settling in a little bit here as well too that that this is we're going to be in this for a while and 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 it's going to take some time to make sure now that the u.s government has you know given a big bailout pa- a big pay, uh, i think it's two trillion dollar bailout package what is the canadian government doing for you guys yeah the canadian government has a big bailout package as well well First and foremost, they're making sure that any Canadian who needs it has access to employment insurance. And that's you can be, you know, a full time worker, a contract worker or um, self-employed and get access. The issue is that it takes a long time to, you know, you have to set up systems. You know, I worked in technology. You have to figure out a way. How do people apply online? How do you process those applications quickly? How do you get the money out? Yeah. Um, they have approved the money, so that's great, but it's still going to take time. Yeah. And in the meantime, 
if you're, you know, like most people that you're getting by, you know, week to week, month to month on what you earn, and all of a sudden your earnings are no longer there, that puts extra added stress on you and your family. Right. And you can only, you know, put so much on a credit card before that's even maxed out. And now the Canadian government is looking at ways to try to get people um, cheaper credit um, so that as they move through this, you don't have to stress about money because if you're stressed about money, you're going to go do things that perhaps you shouldn't, which is not self-isolate, which is try to go out and work in order to be able to feed your family. And I a mean, lot of people, I mean, the, the weird thing for us, I think for you and I, is that we are technology people. We live online. Like I have not, I must admit, I have not noticed a big difference because my entire company I can run from my phone, right? And I'm always online all the time. I only ever went out if I was doing things uh, with people. I don't particularly like people. So this is great for me. (laughs) (laughs) So but I I, what I think is interesting is that how people are coping with it. Now you have a 95 year old mom, and you can't see her like that must be just, you know, she's, you know, I, 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 you know, it must be crazy. Like you, 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 you took food to her yesterday, but you were telling me that you actually are worried about infecting her and you're, you're terrified and it must be creating a huge amount of stress. Well, and I'm, and you know, to be honest, we're really fortunate because my mom is 95 and lives at home in the house that I grew up in, in Mississauga. Yeah. And, you know, she's been talking about moving in to a nursing home or to a trying home. And thank God she didn't yeah. because the situation is even worse there. But, you know, I was talking to my doctor, who is gracious enough to, you know, spend some time giving me some advice. And she said, look, you just can't go near her. And, you know, as of last Thursday, I was still there and, you know, helping her with things, even though we were, I was being safe, we were keeping our distance. And when I went yesterday, I went because my mom is able to be in her home because she has a team called Team Margaret. There's somebody there every day with her. And now there's only the woman who gives her her bath coming once a week because we know that that woman is being super, super careful. But, you know, so when I went to deliver some food, because my mom's getting worn out doing everything by herself, I, you know, I was in the porch, she was in the room, and I basically handed the food in. She put it in a separate bag. She took it up to the fridge. I didn't go to the kitchen. And then we kind of sat six feet apart in two different chairs, and she was saying, I will not sit in the chair that you just sat in. And when I left, I wiped the handles with an antiseptic wipe and went out through the back porch and wipe down the handles there, even though I'm self-isolating at home so that I can go. I have not been out. Well, if you, I mean, you get into your car, right? And you go to your mom's and if your car hasn't been completely disinfected from 17 to 20 days ago, you grab the door handle and the, the virus could still be there. That's what, you know, that's what, you know, Jen, my wife and I are like, you know, I, I, I said to her, I said, we, we've got to do the best we can, but anything that we've touched in the last 17 days, right? is is possibly infected and yeah. you're, you're you're just trying you know you're and and this thing is airborne right is that it, it is people are like no it's not it absolutely is and you have to be super careful with everything if you cough or any of those sorts of things but you know we're you know we're, we're riding down the street or <laughs> walking around always in the middle of the road because there's no cars around which is weird for la um yeah. but uh you know at the same time you know people 
people are just running by us. You know, I'm like, what, you know, what are you doing? Like what, you know, they're just like, well, I'm out for a run. Well, you're breathing heavily as you come by me. Yeah, if you've got the, exactly. I'm like, what, you know, you, you just, sometimes you just look at people and go, are you uh, insane? And, and people are driving around. Um, and I think that, I think what's interesting with your mom, you know, is that if you're 95 and you know that if your immune system is lower um, and you have to uh, and, and you can't have people coming in, even that person that is coming in to give her the bath right once a week, she's still getting it is, is in touch with like possibly hundreds of people like who else does she give baths to, you know, and well, no, and, that's and that's one of the things that we talked about. We talked about canceling that. And, um, and then I would be the person who would do it, which I can, you know, I've done that in the past. And then I think, you know, we, we knew that this woman who's amazing, um, only has a certain number of clients and she's been super careful and she's always been super careful and she's good. But even then, you know, as things get worse, that might be a decision we have to make. And you said something in the beginning that everyone has to get this at some point. Well, actually, no, um, I, you can tell my voice is a little hoarse today. I have asthma. And so one of the things I have to be careful about, and my mom, there are certain people that if we get it, it's not great. And so my thing is, I will do whatever it takes over the next little while to make sure that I'm as safe as possible for one reason to protect my family and friends, but also to protect the healthcare workers, these people that I don't know how they do what they do right now. Mm. And so I think that what we have to think about is that I'm hoping that I can stay away from it and my mom and my whole family will stay away from it until there's something that I like I dream of the day that someone's just going to walk in, give my mom a shot, and then it's like, you're okay. Because she's actually in really good shape, except for osteoarthritis, which makes it, makes it really hard for her to walk. But she's got a killer heart. She doesn't have asthma. You know, so she could maybe survive, but what, we don't want to. What does she say to you? Like, what is she just, she's, is she, just, is she really scared or she's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. No, she's scared, you know, and, and what's crazy about this whole, the other thing that really drove me nuts recently is this ageism crap that came up again. Yeah. You know, oh, it's just older people. Can we remember that this is the generation, anybody 90 and above, they're the ones that fought through the second world war and they gave us the world that we have today. Yeah, but and, and what does she say about work. that? It would, like, I mean, she has lived through something like this, like where the economy yeah. was decimated. What's, she said her, that to what's me. her perspective? She told me like last Sunday um, when I went to visit and we came sat at the uh, opposite ends of a table and I stayed as far away from her as I could. She said, this is just like the Second World War. They told us it would be over by Christmas and it lasted five years. And she was sad and she was, you know, she was like, they, this generation does not deserve to have to go through this again, you know, we created this That's crap. True. She's, she'll, have, she'll have gone through it. She'll have gone through it twice. Not just twice. Let's remember, she was also born, um, you know, during the Depression. Oh, wow. So she went through the Depression. She's gone through the Second World War. Now, the interesting thing is my doctor said something very profound. She says, don't write them off yet. That generation is really tough. Yeah. And I agree. They're, think, the ones, <laughs> they're probably you know. looking at us like you guys are losing. Hey, can I ask you one other question? Is that sure. now Canada had SARS and that was a like, you know, they managed to catch it. it but but that was the precursor to this. So is Canada better prepared than, a, say, America? 
I think can well parts of the America had SARS too, and they're prepared. I think the big thing is that's what I've been reading a lot is people saying that hey, Canada has certain protocols in place because of SARS. I think there's other like what? two like things. Like what? What would be a protocol? Well, actually, one of the protocols is just that if a massive virus breaks out, there's specific protocols in place with the governments and with, you know, um, hospitals. In fact, I read somewhere where they just said we just took the pro we just took the playbook off the shelf and we're starting to execute. The problem is with this one, it has, as you know, such a higher infection rate compared to SARS. Um, you know, there's a good chance. And I did the numbers two weeks ago and it freaked me out. Fifty percent of Canadians could get it. There's 36 million Canadians. That's 18 per 18 million. And then four percent could die. So 10 percent is one point eight million. Five percent is nine hundred thousand. So you're looking at maybe eight hundred thousand Canadians could die. And when I saw those numbers, that's when I was like, hey, we got to take this really seriously. Now, thanks to my Microsoft background, I know how to handle numbers and do the stuff. <laughs> I and I was like, a lot of people okay, who don't deal in numbers yeah. don't deal in numbers in the time because right now, as of today at eleven twenty on March twenty sixth Thursday, as I was saying, we have five hundred and ten thousand confirmed cases around the world, twenty two thousand nine hundred and ninety three deaths, and one hundred and twenty thousand people have recovered. The most number of people that have recovered are sort of in China. The issue for us, because I think you are in a, you have a media background and so do I, I think we look at the world a little bit differently. We're not, you know, there are some things that we're like, hmm, that's interesting. And we don't believe everything the media says for sure. I, I'm, I, you know, the most deaths are obviously in Italy at 8,000 and Spain at 4,000, um, 3,000 deaths in China. So what I, I think that everyone is, you know, trying to sort of understand, but Canada, I mean, you guys have 3,000 infective uh, infected as of now um and i guess it does seem that you are a couple weeks behind but i'm wondering if because of the sars that you you guys might be able to you know nip this in the bud so to speak well i i agree and and so the numbers freaked me out and then i started to try to get positive you know and say hang on you know that's like worst case scenario and that's what you know your our mutual friend edith edith was talking about too is that when you look at the projections and the numbers, it, it's like, whoa. So, but what we can do is pay attention, you know, listen to what people are saying. So I've got a game plan, stay home, you know, yeah. stay away from people like my mom as much as possible, stay informed so that I understand that it, that was a new thing. This virus can live for 48 hours on top of a piece of plastic. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Stay connected with friends and family in order to stay positive and then if you do all of that, hopefully we can stay alive long enough that someone's going to come up with a cure or come up with a treatment or come up with a better game plan. In the last couple of minutes we've got left here, can you do you want to tell me how the government is responding in Canada? And are there any stories that we might not have heard about around the rest of the world that are maybe just unique to Canada that you could tell us about? Well, the one thing I would say is um, I've been really impressed with the the cooperation between the provincial and the federal governments and all parties. And I think what's been really positive is to see political parties put aside their bickering and work together. And we've got to keep doing that. The most interesting story I heard today was that Global News here, um, which is a television uh, company, basically broke that the U.S. government is considering putting military on the border between Canada and the U.S., <laughs> And, you know, it's the longest <laughs> undefended border in the world. And I was laughing and I was thinking, well, no, well just oh. to be clear, 
we want the we want that to happen because we don't want you coming to the us because you're the ones that are more infected than us. So please, if you want to put your military up, great. Just stay out of our country for a while. Well, I, I have heard a stat that there's 33,000 people along uh, that work for the government um, along the Mexico-U.S. border, and there's 3,000 people that work protecting the Canada yeah, and exactly. US border. So I think that, yeah, I would probably imagine that you guys don't want us up there. And you know. well, um, actually, It's like, we love Americans, you know, I just think that the, the I'm much more worried about the US right now. There's two advantages. I, I read a great article this morning talking, there was a person from Italy saying Canada might have an advantage in two ways. One, our geography. We don't we have a really broad geography. Um, we don't have as densely populated cities. Milan is a city that I yeah. think has at least six, if not eight million. And Toronto, the greater Toronto area is two point. You no, know, it's five million, million. Five million. Is it five million now? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The It's the fourth biggest. Too. It's the fourth biggest yeah. city in uh, North America. Yeah, but the difference is, you know how spread out it is. Yeah, and there's a, like like me, I live in a semi-detached home, so. We have a bit of an advantage that way. And then in terms of more rural areas, they have a really big advantage. Um, So that might help us. And then the second thing is we need to really kind of follow in the footsteps of countries like South Korea. We need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. We need to do what we're told. And we need to say this is one time that, yeah, we're all big on our personal rights and freedoms. For the love of God, stay home. <laughs> and, on a po- and on a positive note, uh, gun sales are way up here in America. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, they, they, they tried to close <laughs> down the gun stores here in Los Angeles as non-essential. And they, they there's a huge war, well, a huge fight going on right now about whether gun stores should be considered, are, are considered <laughs> essential services. Listen, hey, listen. Well, they, listen. I just want to, before you close, I just want to say it's interesting the Americans are buying guns and we're worried about getting our wine and beer um there's been police have had to go and separate people at liquor stores because there's too many people lining up there i heard that there uh, in canada they have something called the lcbo for you listening around the world is where you buy your beer it's all regulated by the government it's being uh, undone right now but that's the way you went and bought your beer you went to the beer store <laughs> apparently there were like massive lineups at the beer store and everyone was well within the two meters they just oh, wanted yeah. to get like, their beer <laughs> i went in i went in one day and it was quiet and i got two bottles of wine and then I told um, my better half, I'm not going back again, no way. And that was like seven days ago. I said, this is a dry house now because, you know, but <laughs> for some people, that's a big deal. If they need it, it's an essential service. And we're starting to try to figure out, okay, we have to help. Beer people. is an essential service. <laughs> it is. For some people, it definitely is. Well, right? here, and, here and in the America, thing, yeah, they're, they're switching. Of, they're, sorry, they're switching them all over to, is the same thing happening in Canada? They're switching them all over to uh, making... Um, antiseptic uh, or what, what's that called? The uh, yeah, hand just, sanitizer. Yeah, there's a couple of small breweries that are starting to do that, which is amazing. The other big thing here in Canada, especially in Toronto, is I saw a lineup outside the cannabis store, and that made me <laughs> smile and laugh. I've never I should seen go. I should go over to Abbott Kinney and see how that we have something here called MedMen, where they, these giant uh, you know cannabis stores, and there's always massive lineups out in front of them. I, yeah, I've always often wondered, and I've been asking people. I should probably see which of my friends has a drinking problem and say, hey, look, what do you like? How many do you buy? Like, how much do you buy for? <laughs> because 
because the one thing they're sort of not talking about is all the addiction. You know, a lot of people are addicted to a lot of stuff. And, you know, if you're used to drinking a certain amount, you can't get the, I mean, it, I think the fallout, the unintended consequences of the fallout are going to be very interesting about how, you know, what is the divorce rate going to go up? Um, you know, are they going to, like, how are the, 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 the police dealing with this, you know, domestic violence and stuff like that? Because I'm well, people living together that normally, you know, are away from each other eight to 10 hours a day because they've got jobs are now all of a sudden thrown together they may not actually know each other that well and there's a lot of things it's not just um you know hey whether your drug of choice is alcohol or cannabis or coffee i've heard people talking about how they're trying to deal with not as many cups of coffee in a day because they didn't buy enough and so there's a lot there's a lot going on you know and you shouldn't laugh right. i should this is not funny no this... you shouldn't laugh you have no come on <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary Ellen. Uh, thank you very much for the Canada update, uh, Toronto focused. Uh, I will be back in touch and we'll do this in a few days to see how things are going. Um, and please stay safe. And um, I, I, like I, I, said, I really appreciate this. Stay home, everyone. Please stay home. <laughs> okay.